The first lesson for Reformation Day is from Revelation chapter 14. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. If today were about Martin Luther or certain actions he took in his life, certain impressive things that he did, then we would be of all men most to be pitied. But you heard in the first lesson what today is about, and it is not about anything merely human. You heard it when you heard St. John write, I saw another angel flying directly overhead. And maybe when you heard that, you thought, that's kind of a strange detail. That's kind of a strange thing to say. Well, he didn't say the angel was at a you know, 45 degree angle or the angel was at a 60 degree angle or the angel walked right up to him and shook his hand. He said it was flying directly overhead. Why say such a thing? Because when we're talking about the gospel, which is really what we're talking about today, when we're talking about church or why we come to church or why we are Lutherans, when we talk about anything like that, what we're talking about is finally, at the end of the day, the gospel. That's what the whole thing is for. That's what it's about. And what John is telling you by he's flying directly overhead is that it didn't come from man. It's not merely human. And the gospel and being Lutheran and going to church and hearing it Sunday after Sunday is not only, although it is this too, something we're just used to doing or used to being or something we've always been. No matter how long we have been Lutheran, no matter how long we have belonged to Christ, no matter how long we have known the gospel of Jesus Christ, it still comes from heaven. It is revealed only by God. So what we celebrate today is nothing less than the uncovering, the rediscovery, the refreshment of the church by the beautifying of Christ's church and its glorying in something only God could tell us. I saw an angel flying directly overhead. Now it is possible that the gospel could be covered up by lots of other things, especially things to which we are accustomed, things that seem normal and obvious, not least fear. Fear has become so prevalent, it is absolutely everywhere, and I have only to talk to another human being for five minutes before we get to talking about fear. Whether it's that person's fear or other people's fear or how they shouldn't be afraid or how they should be more afraid than they are if they really just read what I was reading or watched what I was watching. Fear is easy to get from other people, especially now, especially this year, especially this Reformation Day. I can get fear from pretty much anywhere. I'm scared of Democrats if they come to power. I'm scared of Trump if he gets to stay in power. I'm scared of the coronavirus. I'm scared about what it's going to turn into next year. 
I'm scared of more lockdowns. I might lose my job next time we have a lockdown. I'm scared that we won't lock down soon enough. What are you scared of? What are you afraid of? You could talk to anybody and they'd come up with a million different things. Here's something that's really, really nice about the eternal gospel, which it is your pleasure to hear every single week and not just on Reformation Day. There's only one of it. I don't have to consult a million different people. I don't have to believe this group of scientists or that group of politicians. There's only one gospel. And it is simple enough that a child can understand it. It is simple enough, so simple, that when Jesus talks about faith, trust in God and in his gospel, when Jesus talks about faith, he talks about little children. And he says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, the way that you're going to enter it, we hear it every time anyone of any age is baptized. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you have to come in as a little child. Jesus is not saying, look, if you're past the age of five, you can't be a Christian. What he's saying is, you have to trust the way nobody past the age of five really does. Just trust. It's that simple. So what is this gospel that is revealed for us to trust? It is this. The angel says, fear God and give him glory. Now, there's a lot of other things going on in the book of Revelation, just like there are a lot of other things going on in our world. Were they just that simple back then? They didn't have TV news to tell them? They just didn't have enough information like we do from our phones? No, there was plenty going on, and they knew about it. What he's saying is that of all the things that you could be afraid of, of all the things that could happen to you or to your loved ones, the only thing you really need to be concerned about is how you stand with God. What's going to happen when you die and you have to go give account to him for what you've said and what you've done and how you've been. Then all of those opinions, all of those professional opinions, all of those educated and informed or uninformed opinions, none of those will matter. Because you will stand in front of God and he will say, what have you done? How have you been? In whom have you trusted? Whom did you believe in? Who was your salvation? So the rest of it comes not to matter at all. The rest of it becomes as empty as it always was, and you see it was all worth nothing. So let all those things, all those opinions, both the ones that people have about me and about what I say and about what I do, and also my opinions about myself and others, sometimes they're well-informed, sometimes I delude myself, and sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about, when I talk about somebody else, let all of those things fall away. Let them be this Sunday and every Sunday as unimportant as they truly are. Fear God. Fear God and give him glory. But St. John tells you why. Because what he's telling you about in the very next part of that sentence is Jesus' crucifixion. Listen to it. 
Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. If you want to see what human opinions are worth, look at the cross of Jesus. What were the human opinions about that cross? Remember when Jesus said that he would have to suffer and die and on the third day rise, what did his own disciples say to him? Far be it from you, O Lord, far be it from you, human opinion. And then when he was on his way to the cross, human opinion said things like, what's your problem? You saved others, why can't you save yourself? And when he was on the cross, they mocked him and they said to him, why don't you come down now from the cross if you really are who you say you are? Human opinion, but Jesus feared God. And he knew that God had given him a mission that the world would not understand. He knew that God had given him something to do that would become not an action plan or a five-step process by which you could make yourself safe, He knew that he had to do something nobody else could do so that heaven could be open for you today, right now. You could die today, and because he didn't listen to human opinion and was feared only his heavenly father, you could die today and the heavenly father would welcome you into his heaven because Jesus feared God and gave him glory. So he said, I don't really care what these people say. I don't really care what they think, what their opinions are. But I must suffer and die and on the third day rise. And that mission was for Jesus so glorious, so wonderful, so blessed. Your salvation, a heaven open to you by faith in his blood, was so much his heart's intent, that when the writer to the Hebrews talks about Jesus' life and his death, and his death, he says, for the joy that was set before him, he ran his course like a strong man, somebody ready for the race, somebody ready to go, trained for it, happy to do it, happy to be there, loves to feel the pain. He endured the cross despising the shame. He saw all the enemies of the gospel. He saw human fear and human opinion and human manipulation and everything that would turn you away from him, away from his church, away from his word. He saw it all and he despised it, despising the shame. Nothing to him for the joy of his crucifixion for you. Wonderful, beautiful, joyous. He ran his course like a strong man, enduring the cross, despising the shame for you. So give him glory. Give no other glory. Give him glory. And this too, worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. These are not human things, friends. These are things that Martin Luther preached. That is for sure. I read the words myself. He did preach these things. These are things that pastors before you, before this pastor, have preached. These are things that this pastor, Pastor Bukes, preaches. But they are not the things of men. They are not Pastor Bukes's opinions any more than they were Martin Luther's opinions. They are heavenly, divine things. They come from God's word alone. The reason you are a Lutheran is so that you don't have to have men 
lying to you. That simple. Having the Bible, knowing the Bible, having the Bible preached to you simply means this. Not that the pastors are perfect or the people are perfect or the Lutheran church is perfect. It means that we don't have to lie to each other. We can be honest about the fact that we are sinners. We can be honest about the fact that we need to repent of our sin daily. We can be honest about our desperate need for Christ's grace. And we can be honest about how much grace Jesus has along with love and peace and joy precisely for sinners who hear and believe his gospel. And that's as simple as it gets, and a three-year-old child could understand it. So worship only him. Whether you've been Lutheran forever, or maybe only for a little time, worship him. Whether you have read a lot of Martin Luther's writings or not, worship him. Whether this is your first Sunday in church in a while or not, worship him. Whether you have something on your heart of which you know you need to repent, and I have reminded you, even though I'm not sure what your name is, but I'd love to meet you in the handshake line, worship him. Listen to him. Listen to your shepherd's voice. You have a beautiful picture of what he wants to do for you and what he does for you in the Lutheran church. Sunday after Sunday, year after year, your whole life long, just to the right of your altar as you look at it, in the picture of the Good Shepherd. He knows how far away people get from him. So he has revealed a gospel no man could come up with, that God does not desire the death of a sinner. He does not desire that you live hardened in your excuses and your obsession with human opinions. He wants you to come home, and he wants your loved ones to come home. And his joy, in addition to being crucified for you and for your loved ones and rising from the dead, as he said, his word is never broken. His joy is now to bring them and you all home. He has prepared a place for you. He wants you to come there at long last. So fear him. Give him glory. Worship him alone. To him is all glory now, in heaven and on earth, among angels and among men, now and forever. Amen.